Welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Champoli, News Director for APPA. Our guest on this episode is Travis Steele, who was sworn in as CEO of the Public Power Utility Colorado Springs Utilities on February 24th. He previously served as the utilities acting CEO. Travis, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Paul, for the invite. Sure thing. So, Travis, um, in terms of interviews that I've done with, with other um, CEOs in the past, one thing I always look for is, and I've noticed a pattern of a lot of um, uh, people who rise to the position of CEO or general manager, um, you know, have, have a fairly lengthy career at the utility prior to, to taking on those responsibilities. So in your case, obviously, you know, you joined the utility in 2017 as field services manager. So could you talk about your career at the utility and also what would have been your priorities while serving as acting CEO? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my career started in 2017. I worked for Duke Energy uh, prior to that, um, which is a large IOU, um, predominantly electric. So um, definitely a lot of utility experience when I first came here. So I had a recruiter reach out to me about um, an opportunity here, and I really love the state of Colorado and uh, was looking more for location-based than really company-based. So it was really going to be my first job, you know, within municipal utility. So definitely took the job, um, loved it. Um, you know, I really love the focus when it comes in a municipal utility that has around the customer. And I sort of seen that when I came here and really liked that model of a municipal utility. And, you know, not saying that the IOUs aren't customer focused, but I've seen more focus uh, working for municipal utilities. So started here, wasn't really in that position very long. Asked to move over and uh, take a look at uh, running some of the generating plants. So I sort of went over from there. Uh, went back to sort of my old bread and butter, which was running, you know, power plants at the time. Did that. Then I moved into the construction arena. So I was a general manager over there. Then I moved into the general manager position over our energy construction area, which sort of gave me, you know, I had a lot of um, construction, building, maintaining equipment, you know, previous experience. But it was really my first time on the residential side of things on the construction. So was able to learn a lot in a short period of time. And from there, I rotated into the energy officer position, you know, when my, um, at the time, the individual I was working for retired. So rolled into that uh, energy officer position, which was still sort of my uh, normal experience level, you know, was was sort of fell under that. Then probably about a year into it, they merged uh, some uh, positions here and became uh, the chief operating officer. So at that point, I picked up water and wastewater, which was um, on the residential side, Western water was definitely a new one. So I was able to do that, you know, for a year, then stepped into the interim role for a few months, you know, prior to stepping into the CEO job full time. So I think it's really helped me. And I know, you know, you, you mentioned, Paul, you know, everybody's path, you know, is is definitely different, you know, when it comes into careers. You know, sometimes it's laterals, sometimes it's, you know, leaving companies, joining companies, all these different things. Um but, you know, diversity of thought is important, you know, for any leader. And I always sort of tell everybody, don't be afraid to take stretch assignments and and gain some of that diversity of thought, you know, because as you sort of move into different positions, you know, you're never going to be the uh, expert of the jack of trades at all things. You got to trust your employees to have that. But understanding, you know, what the organization does and what positions does definitely helps you more in these roles. And so I think, you know, in a short period of time, you know, I had several positions here that allowed me to build relationships, you know, with employees, understand what they did, understand, you know, what Colorado Springs Utilities means to the community. So I think it sort of helped me and sort of set me in a, 
a good direction in this new role as CEO. And of course, you know, working for a very large utility, you know, prior coming in here, you know, some of the business and business models definitely, definitely helps. So looking forward to it. Some of the things I focused on, you know, why in the interim position, you know, I think a lot of people has probably stepped into interim roles, you know, over time. But, you know, within these interim roles, you want to keep employees calm, you know, because you're going through a major transition. You want to make sure safety is always continuing to be a focus point, um, making sure that employees sort of are know where you're going, what they're doing, because unfortunately, we have organization changes that doesn't change what our deliverables are to our customers. And, you know, they expect us to be a very fluid organization. So a lot of times in the interim role, you're really focusing heavily on lots of communication and in-person communication, just really just keeping the organization in a good place and moving forward during that transition. So so during that time, of course, we have some very large projects that we're continuing to go, you know, whether it's fiber, you know, some new aero derivative engines we're putting in place. You know, we had a water ordinance that we're, that we're putting in place as a forest service utility. You've always got something. So continue to move the ball forward by constantly, you know, maintaining, you know, the safety uh, message you know, anytime you have have change, you know, people's minds aren't always in the work. So maintaining the safety message and just keeping employees understood that we're going to be good, we're going to be in a good place, and, you know, we're, we're marching forward. So those were some of the things in that short interim span that I, you know, continue to focus on. And so in terms of my preparation for the interview, um, one of the things that caught my eye was the fact that the utility has been evaluating its substation network uh, to ensure long-term reliability and safety. Could you provide additional details on this effort? Yeah, of course. You know, when you get into your electric um, distribution network, and there's a couple things here that you know we're sort of in the process of. This sort of, you know, it's it's I'm going off track a little bit, then I'll bring us back on this. But um, anybody that's been to Colorado Springs, you know, we have a downtown uh, co-generating plant that's that's really right in the middle of town. Just like any city, you know, everybody built very close to their generation because uh, proximity drove reliability. So everybody built very close to those, but as times change, you know, nobody wants a co-plant, you know, um, in the downtown area. So we've been in the process of decommissioning that and bringing some on. Well, with that, we have to really look at our entire transmission distribution footprint, you know, because you're sort of, I call it taking the heart out. And a lot of, you know, your, you know, I call, you know, when you get in transmission distribution, you know, your sort of veins in your arteries, you know, really when it comes into your electric footprint has changed. So we're in a process of really revamping our transmission, but then also taking a look at our continued distribution when it comes into the substations needed. Substations needed for additional growth, as well as, you know, substations needed to move generation, you know, from the downtown area. So we are continually looking at that. We're very fortunate in Colorado Springs that uh, it's a great city and a lot of people want to live here. You know, so growth is continually changed. And as you look at that distribution, you want to have redundancy in your distribution. You want to make sure you can grow into your load. So, you know, making sure you have those substations placed size accordingly. And a lot of our new substations were actually building with a long-term plan of actually battery storage at a lot of those. So, you know, look at the footprint, you know, how are we going to incorporate technology and batteries into these substation configurations as we build these out has uh, continued to be a focus. So, yeah, you're spot on, Paul. You know, we're definitely taking a look at that to maintain reliability, to maintain the loading capacity of our distribution system, and also build these with um, advancement of technology in mind. 
One follow-up question came to mind um, with respect to the substation projects and perhaps any other elements of what you just discussed. Any any um, comments in terms of supply chain challenges that you guys are facing these days? Oh, yeah. So supply chain, I think just like everybody who's probably listening to this call that's in our industry is facing supply chain. Good thing is we were able to uh, procure these and we were very aggressive at the start of COVID. Knowing that a lot of this was going to take effect, we really started going through what our uh, critical resource, our critical spares, also taking a look at what projects we had ahead of time. And we really was aggressive to get a lot of your procurement in uh, in place and moving forward as things uh, progressed. We're still struggling with that, but we haven't seen any showstoppers yet with our distribution plan from supply chain, but uh, we was very much ahead of the long-term lead, you know, when it comes to the start of COVID. And so you mentioned batteries um, in, in your last response. So that kind of is a nice segue into my next question, which is, you know, as you know, the utility is planning to add up to 200 megawatts battery storage by around 2025. Can you provide additional details on these plans? And also, how does the addition of energy storage fit into the utility's overall energy portfolio? Yeah, batteries is one of those. And I think, you know, what happened, you know, with uh, of course, the war in Ukraine and others is put a little bit more stress on batteries, availability, some of those rare earth minerals, and to be able to get those ahead of times. But batteries really allows you to take advantage of your current resources and also excess, you know, when available. So I think batteries are going to definitely have a place um, in the future moving forward. So what we see, you know, we're a self-generated utility, you know, so we have a lot of our own fixed assets when it comes into generation. And I think that is where batteries can really help support us. So, you know, whether it's fixed generation, you know, when it comes into whether it's uh, our gas generation, our current coal generation uh, could be PPAs that we have, you know, with some of our solar, some things with wind. Having that excess at times, you know, using that battery sort of multiplies that in the next day. So if we over generate at night with some of our fossil fleet, you know, we can charge these batteries and basically discharge by maximizing, you know, that asset when it's not being heavily utilized into the next day. So we're taking a look at very aggressively bringing some batteries um, online. And I sort of talked about, you know, making sure that those sort of fit into your distribution network, yeah. that they're close proximity to not only your transmission ties, but also where do they fit within your distribution network has been a continued look when it comes into our, our planning, our planning side. But batteries are going to be a big point, big part of our um, overall portfolio. We try to be very very diverse, you know, and what we have, you know, within Colorado Springs Utilities, the old analogy, you know, you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket is what we've always taken. And we always want to make sure that we are able to self-generate, you know, what our load is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're currently going into, you know, uh, Southwest Power Pool. So we're going into, uh, we are in a market now, actually, in Southwest Power Pool. Continue to look at other options to not only utilize our current resources to basically put out on the market to sell for our ratepayers, but to bring in. And those times there, you know, when when cost is down and there's some of that must-take power coming in from even outside our service territory, whether it's wind or solar, having these batteries will allow us to purchase cheap and store for high usage days. So we're excited to get those in. We're excited to, you know, to get more knowledgeable with the use of batteries. Um, and hopefully, you know, Maybe on some later calls, I can hopefully have some lessons learned with that to share with everybody. Yeah, definitely. In terms of technologies and storage, is it is the assumption that it will be lithium ion or will there be other technologies you guys might be looking at? 
we're very open at this point. So we were very strategic, you know, with our RFP and current is, you know, we don't want to tell somebody what we need. We want them to tell us what they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we really didn't tie ourselves in RFP with different types of the, more of the components. What we're looking at is really tying in this first one, you know, to, to more of a, a a PPA when it comes into availability and longevity, uh, because we know technology is going to continue to change. So we we take that strategy of really putting that on to our potential contract partners to tell us, you know, what the best option is to meet 100 or, or 200 megawatt need, whether it's configuration, size, stacking, material, you know, these types of things. So we really didn't specify in this. So we are open to looking at different options and, and our Technical team, of course, will evaluate those through the process. So, Travis, the the, the last couple of questions I had for you are kind of more big big picture uh, items. Um, starting with, want to know if you could give our listeners a sense as to what your long term goals are for the utility. Yeah, and I think that just like every utility, you know, for us as a municipal utility, we are what I vision is the foundation, you know, for the city, the growth, and the community. And I think, you know, for us to continue to look at investments in not only our infrastructure, uh, making sure that, you know, we're maintaining a very safe uh, utility operation, but also when it gets into some of the transition, you know, that we're seeing, you know, within the country, you know, we have an 80% carbon reduction, you know, we're having to meet, you know, by 2030. So, Resource adequacy is huge for us, making sure we have the right resources, the right mix of resources to never sacrifice reliability by closely, you know, maintaining cost, you know, right behind that is going to be huge for our utility as well as I'm sure, you know, many others, you know, within the public sector. You know, it's going to be it's exciting times. I mean, everything we're doing is very transformational, you know, between now and 2030. But, you know, ensuring we have those resources needed is is going to be a huge focus of ours and not sacrificing that reliability in, in between there. Innovation, you know, innovation is another one of those as utilities. You know, we have to be constantly innovating. Our customers, as well as our public, want to see utilities in a different light now. You know, whether it's uh, mobile apps, the way we interact with them, all these types of things, how we, we educate, communicate, you know, Look at bill, bill payment options, all these things. Also, technology, when it comes into us being a Western utility, when it comes to outage responses, wildland fire mitigation, there's so much technology out there that is, is really huge for us. So we really started about a year ago, and really we're building a citywide fiber network that is utilities-owned, utilities-operated, that is really going to be able to help us penetrate into the entire municipal city footprint of Colorado Springs that will allow us to build on top of that um, all of the technology that we need to support all four of our services. So that one's going to be a long project. Um, you know, we just started that. You know, it's ex- excess of, you know, $600 million project. So we're in deployment phase of that now. We have an anchor tenant, of course, that's going to let rent some of that space. But that's going to be ways we embrace innovation. Then the most important thing for us, as far as myself, as our employees. So as utilities, you know, continues to grow, you know, making sure, you know, we're still attracting, retaining, having employees engaged is is a huge point for any company, but especially as, you know, we have long tenured employees. And that was one of the things when I came to College Springs Utilities I was so impressed with is the passion uh, the employees have here and also, you know, the customer focusness they have. And, you know, your organization, just like I talked about, is basically an anchor, you know, for the city. It's that foundation for the city to grow. 
but the biggest part of us is our employees that makes that foundation possible. So making sure we have, you know, engaged employees, well-developed, that they're keeping up with the trends, they're keeping up with the technology, the training needed is um, is going to be huge. And like every municipal u- utility, you know, focus on the customer. There's going to be a transition, you know, that we're going to be going through when it comes into investing in our current assets, our current infrastructure, as well as that resource adequacy on multiple fronts when it comes into, you know, being an electric provider, as well as we have water and, and, and gas, of course, as a whole other subject when it comes into availability of our natural gas system. But these types of things are going to have to be a continued continued focus of ours. So innovation, resource adequacy, making sure that our, our infrastructure, we're maintaining that in the most opportune way and safe way as we invest in the future is, is some, going to be some of those big key areas of focus I have moving forward. So my, for my last question, there may be some some overlap in terms of what you just covered. But, you know, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges that are going to face the utility sector in the years ahead? And how is Colorado Springs Utilities positioned to effectively meet these challenges? Yeah, I think we touched on those. And I think, you know, every utility is going to fall under that federal umbrella, you know, when it comes into meeting some of those regulations. Then I think each, each utility is going to have additional, you know, um, pressures, you know, even from the state. So, you know, I think, you know, making sure that, you know, we're able to meet those and transition to what those requirements are in a very uh, methodical, safe way that doesn't sacrifice reliability is, is always going to be one of these continued challenges. The other challenge, you know, for us and, you know, a lot of teachers are going to have this is continued growth. So as you, you have pressure, you know, when it comes into your transition of um, your generation and where you're getting your power mix, in a lot of areas is still growing and growing rapidly. And with that, you're having to look at, you know, maintaining that. And we talked a little bit earlier about the distribution side of things and the transmission, making sure that building smartly, not just quickly, when it comes into um, a safe and reliable uh, distribution grid, those things are, are going to continue to be huge for us. And meeting that growth while you're being seeing a transition into more electrification, so whether it's the automotive market that's looking at more electric vehicle penetration into the areas and how fast is that going to come and and do you have the grid not only on the generation side but can your distribution grid handle everything from you know whether it's your slow or your to your fast charges is is going to continue to be um, something that every utility has to continue to to focus on and we talked about customers expectations Everybody out there is starting to take a look at, you know, these customer interfacing tools. And I think utilities have traditionally, you know, in the past been very much brick and mortar, slow to change when it comes into some of these touch points with some of the customers. So I think for us staying ahead of customers' expectations, customer input, and making sure that we're looking at other technology available that we see customers, our customers, our owners, as we see they're starting to transition to and making sure, you know, we can for sure meet those. And, you know, just taking a look at how do we, you know, do all of this by maintaining the most competitive cost, you know, which is really, you know, what municipals, you feel that's your heart of it is, you know, it's our customers, you know, how can we do this, maintain reliability of the system, as well as, you know, uh, keeping a price point as competitive is um, is going to be a focal point. So, those are some of the things I know some of them we touched on a little bit more in depth, but um, those are definitely some of the challenge I know facing us as, as well as others. Then, of course, you know, with us, you know, uh, being public, you know, on the power side, but on a water side in the western 
western part of the states is uh, continue to be a challenge when it comes to water water accuracy and and securing water rights. So, which is going to be a little bit different than what some of the other uh, members of APPA have. So. Travis, well, this has been a great conversation, and, and you mentioned the idea of telling our listeners at some point some lessons learned um, from, from the various things we talked about today. So I'd just like to, to segue into your having an open invitation to come back perhaps later this year, or early 2024. Yeah, I think anytime. I think that's a good thing with public okay. power uh, that I love is uh, sharing of knowledge sharing of learnings um, is huge. You know, we, we're very open to share. So if there's anything that anybody's heard today that, that we can help out at College Springs Utilities, please reach out. And Paul, anytime that, you know, um, that you want me to come back on the call, more than happy, more than happy to uh, help with that. So. All right, great. Thanks, Travis. Really appreciate your taking the time. No problem. Thanks for listening to this episode of Public Power Now, which is produced by Julio Guerrero, graphic and digital designer at APPA. I'm Paul Schimpoli, and we'll be back next week with more from the world of public power.